welcome to CityWire's EM Insider with me, your host, Crystal Higgins. In this latest episode, myself and Raphael Kasten begin by discussing his thoughts and takeaways from the Chinese Communist Party's 20th Party Congress. I'm quite straightforward about it. I've read some interesting pieces mm-hmm. uh, where people describe China in 1978 as it went sick with the sixth poorest country in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's when Mao was around. Yeah. Um, and I we we had some investments in China uh, in fixed income, um, and that ended about six months ago. Uh, and I saw the directions, uh, the direction going completely opposite from what I would expect or and I, or I would want. Yeah, it seems clear that Xi Jinping and the outcome of the Congress overall is putting the party the party's future in national security over growth. So yes. are you surprised by this? And B, um, what does this say um, for anyone, you know, looking to, 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 to get back into, say, Chinese debt? I would not get involved in Chinese debt for a long time. I think it was. I As think the China, of this was this. Is this the final nail in the coffin, or it it, w- it was the final nail in the coffin? But I mean, I already had decided a little bit earlier because I thought the direction the Chinese were taking uh, towards their economy and and financial markets was not correct. Um, there was too much intervention. Uh, you know, there's a certain level of intervention which I I actually support. Uh, but I, but I think that went went exaggerated, uh, and I think the the political uh, direction that they're taking, and when I say political, I mean support for Russia, uh, a clear global aggressor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 way China has been voting the UN Security Council, which I would highly suggest uh, be changed. I, in fact, I, I if I if I could find a way, I'd get Russia out of the Security Council. Though I know that that's against the concept, mm-hmm. um, and and I think that the Chinese have decided. The Chinese government has decided. You know, the Chinese people are quite creative and and flexible and and resilient. Uh, but I think what the government is doing is putting them on a path very similar to what Putin has done to Russia. Uh, okay. And. And I think that they will focus on Taiwan, uh, but I think that this is when you say focus. What do you mean? I think they will try to find a way to get Taiwan, whether peacefully or um, militarily. And why? Should, uh, and I, why should fixed income investors care about that? Not to sound glib, but yeah, yeah. Well, you know what you want to have optimally in a in a in a flourishing financial global financial market uh is openness right and you you want to be able to buy your chinese goods whether that be your camera or or you know your your reading glasses which are a lot cheaper in china than in, you know somewhere else um it, uh, and you want the chinese to be able to get your technology as long as they agree to a certain set of rules. And the rules are just basic civilization rules. You know, I'll, I'll behave properly. I, I'm not going to bomb you. And what it's beginning to look like is, is that they have chosen the dark path. 
right? And, and to me, and and this dark path means uh, political repression, uh, a potential invasion in some sort of Taiwan. They want their chips, right? And Taiwan makes nice chips. So, and uh, yeah. want, and more than anything, the semiconductor chip war that we find ourselves. Yes, exactly. So what what I what I for if 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 I could read my crystal ball, mm -hmm. uh, we probably would have China more isol isolated in the future, uh, more belligerent, uh, and as a result, you know, it's the action reaction concept. So the more they go that route, the more the U.S. will block them, and if they think that if they thought that by two thousand thirty they would be the the world's largest economy. Well, now they, they're into a little problem because they're they're going in the direction of North Korea. When, on one hand, I suppose you could say it feels unthinkable that, you know, China... It is unthinkable. China is going in the direction it appears to be. But when you look at the facts laid out in front of you, as in the property market, it seems to be melting down before our very eyes. Foreign investment has declined. Obviously, we know that. Widespread lockdowns, right. mass quarantine, this new, this now very ideological uh, move by Xi Jinping in the conference. Um, the crackdowns on, on, on companies, rising tensions between China and the US and Taiwan. And we could go on and on and on. Is, there, is it, you know, for the people that say that we're looking at a potential collapse of the Chinese economy. Is there is there merit in that? And, and what are your thoughts on that? Well, I guess you know you could say that eventually it could get to a, some kind of collapse. I think. Are we looking at something like the U.S. in two thousand and eight, or is it going to look a bit different? I, I think it probably will be different. I think I think China will go into being forgotten. Uh, they're going to be closed. The Chinese who have been able to leave who again, you know, are extremely entrepreneurial folks, um, they will leave. Um, I would not be surprised if the, some of the chip companies moved out of Taiwan in anticipation of what will happen if they moved even to the States. Uh, so you might see Taiwan ending up like a shell, which is a, it's a pity. Uh, and, and, and because of the sanctions, which will be placed, I think, now I think we shouldn't kid ourselves. It happened in Russia, and and the Chinese are doing the same thing the Russians have done. If you even look at at um, at Xi's uh, uh, walk, I guess it's Gantt. You know, he, he is looking a little bit like Putin. You know, he's doing a little dance um, when he's walking along the red carpet. Uh, the Hu Jintao uh, scene was just not a very pleasant scene. I mean, if in the least that he could have been a little bit more. How can I say a little bit more understanding uh, to his, you know, old leader uh, walking out in in what appeared to be, you know, not very comfortable circumstances, uh, and and you know, I, you just didn't see that uh, there wasn't a camaraderie. It was basically me, me, me. So I think that you can you can probably imagine that there's going to be some kind of level, some level closing of the economy. Uh, I don't know if there will be an implosion, but I mean, you can imagine the same way China has gone up in the last few, uh, last couple of decades, 
uh, being touted as the the next thing, you know, uh, the the unstoppable Chinese. I mean, probably now we're gonna have a, a an economy that's driven by politics, and the politics is one of closeness. So yeah, I'm I'm I don't know I don't I don't know if I could say it would be an implosion because in the states, what we had was was very linked to these crazy financial products, people being overextended. It could happen that way, but I think it's going to be more of a suffocation. In terms of the EM credit, I was looking at some figures here um, this morning um, where uh, a manager was highlighting how that the year-to-date default rate in EM corporates is close to 10%. But if you take out Chinese property and Russian corporate names out of the equation, that becomes 0.2%. So bearing those figures in mind, what is this saying for the next coming months for EM debt when you're hearing figures like that? Where does, what does your mind, what springs to mind initially? Well, for sure, you know, I, I've read, I think I may even have mentioned in previous chats with you, uh, there's one large manager who was uh, insisting, preaching that, uh, that you had to have, you had to have China in your portfolio. And if it wasn't fifteen percent, it was ten, and it, or you know, in the least five. And I think that I'm I'm of a different religion. You know, I believe that if if countries are not looking like they're moving positively, you you ought to have zero with them. Um, and I think that what we're going to start having uh, are a lot of people who will just not invest in China because they fear their money will get trapped. It happened in Russia, um, and and the political wave is just too big to stop, to be stopped. So I think, uh, as you said, you know, corporates, they will have difficulty, um, and they, you know, let's not talk about the other emerging corporates. You know, I'm not a great lover of corporates, because uh, I think that there's there's quite a lot of you know, it's quite a an opaque portion of the market, uh, and there's very little liquidity. But I think you can you can extend that into a Chinese corporate space in which uh, maybe your money gets trapped in there, and then you have to think about whether that would that would flourish. I I think it's it would be the opposite. You know, all the all the flows that we've seen in the last two or three years into Chinese corporates, I think at some point they're gonna they're gonna start disappearing. Another another factor which was extremely uncomfortable for economist types like me. Mm-hmm. recently uh, was during the Congress they didn't announce their economic numbers in China and then they yeah. came up with right, then they came up with I think 3.9% and and you start you, you start asking yourself whether you believe these numbers right because why didn't the numbers come out during the Congress if they were good uh, in the last Congress they were good they were announced um, was there something else and if there was why was there um, and then, then you, you ask yourself, I mean, do I believe in the 3.9 and well, in the old days, I used to think 5% was an easy target to be, to be reached. Uh, now I think that with all of the question marks, the, you know, the direction is for a downward spiral, whether that be a fast or a small one. Moving on to Brazil and the, the Brazilian election, which we're in this sort of now interperiod between first and second rounds, essentially. How 
what is how are the markets reacting to this in 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 your mind and what kind of conversations are you having around this well you brought up a really interesting point i you know we've talked about this before you know uh we we have kind of a blackout uh on and on being neutral uh because i'm obviously in brazil but we can you know i can comfortably comment on on what's been going on yeah. Uh, and it's quite interesting. Uh, we've had all along Bolsonaro looking like he was gonna get trampled by by Lula. Uh, but Bolsonaro, you know, it's the old old uh, adage that you know it's the economy, right? Mm. And what we've seen, and, I, and maybe I can comment on that in a second. But what we've seen in Brazil is similar to what we've seen in lots of different countries. Uh, we had inflation. We had people complaining about COVID, that's going on everywhere. It happens in the UK. So yeah, so, you know, for, for the Brazilian economy is, is you know, they've got over 300 billion in foreign currency reserves. So it's not like they're in deep trouble uh, from a fiscal point of view, uh, and from a debt point of view, but their numbers are going up. I mean, they've gone beyond 70%. Um, some people even would say 80. Uh, but they have the cash, so they can repay the debt, right? So that's a that's a good point for Brazil. But they needed to keep the economy going, and I guess you could make an argument that Bolsonaro's uh, issues with COVID were more of an ex existential uh, decision, where whereby he probably didn't know what to do. This isn't going to be like an EM debt end of year roundup, which we will have undoubtedly in December when we. When we say we we bid adieu to to twenty twenty two, so obviously it's we say this every time we talk. I think it's been a tough year for for EMDS. Um and I was reading something that was saying that there's only been seven weeks of net inflows for the EM debt market yes. this year. It it's been dreadful. That's quite bad. So the question now is whether inflation and interest rates are near their peak. Um. I'm not asking you to say whether they are, but okay. But actually, no. Tell with it. You can ask. Do you think they're near their peak? And if so, what are you doing in preparation for what? Where you believe this inflection point is? This is a fantastic point. Look, the pivot. You know, the inflection point. It will happen. Uh, as you know, monetary policy takes a while to to work out through the economy. Uh, we're beginning to see in the U.S. some housing numbers showing weakness. Uh, what we haven't seen yet, and you're probably going to uh, understand this quite well, is it's not the poor folk uh, who have to go to work, uh, but it's the middle classes who have decided that they're going to stay home uh, and they're going to do their work from home and they're not going to do their work from home who are at the moment creating inflation. As, as we discussed before, I couldn't buy a bike in London because everybody, every lawyer was working from home and you could hear the dog in the background. You could hear the, hear the two-year-old kid screaming <laughs> uh, if, if you could get that person. So what we need to do, and by the way, the level of wealth that these folks have remains high, right? So how do you attack them through a wealth effect? What you're essentially saying is a, a very large and painful recession yes. where people lose their jobs and stop spending money. I think a lot of people need to lose their jobs. Their values of their houses have to go down. The prices of their stocks 
which they didn't have anything. I, I know people who, who were doing something else in life for their whole lives and all of a sudden decided to be to trade uh, stocks on online. Uh, Bitcoin. I think we have to go back to a world in which we function within our logical boundaries. Well, you know, we should grow. Well, people lose their jobs, though. They lose their houses. I mean, how long can people kind of like stomach a world where every time the markets demand a reset, we're plunged into this recession and people's lives get turned upside down? It's not like it, the recessions of days of yore where it kind of you dip in and then you dip out and everything's okay. They're getting like longer and deeper and more seismic. I think people have to learn. I, I really, I believe in it because if you, people have gone greedy, right? And by going greedy, they have abused the system. Now you're seeing all over the world that you, that's you talk about the housing, the housing market though, you know, like sure. the average, the average, the house, you know, the, the, the average house is what, like in excess of nine times the average salary now when, you know, it wasn't always that way. That's in not great, is it? Yeah. It, look, the, the, oh, these double check that, but no, you're probably right. But look, the, and I would agree with you, London, for example, is super expensive to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I remember when I was young, I lived in Brooklyn, in New York, uh, and it took me an hour and 15 minutes to take the R train to get to, to the office, and it was not a pretty picture. Um, but I was young, and I was building up, right? and that's part of, of development. So now, the problem is that the world is like a big ocean, and the water is unfortunately all connected. So even though, as you correctly pointed out, you may have housing prices that are too expensive for somebody to buy in London. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 all of the connections uh, can work out so that if interest rates in the UK are low, uh, the, the, the global system is going to run more efficiently and faster. The Fed has to stop inflation because obviously it makes paying for the debt higher and more costly. Um, so all of this is, is creating ripples now, you mentioned China. Okay, China now is having this issue. I was going to say, I was going to say, this operation has hardened you. Yeah, I I have become you've, quite critical. You've come out, you've come out hardened with a hardened worldview. Could you could you tell me where you're looking most recently? Has any, since the last time we spoke, has anything changed? Any any of your recent Well, I'm going to... Last time I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this as a, as a, as a long... But but all encompassing answer to your question. Oh, lovely. So, so China doesn't look very good. Okay. Uh, world world trade. I think you know there were people in in a couple of banks uh, who were recent Swiss banks who were talking about uh, the dollar being you know ending ending as the dominant uh, currency. I think that that's out. Um, I think we are getting back to where we should be. The Fed is going to hike rates enough to hold inflation down, even though that may be painful. Uh, we may have some strange side effects since then. We are noticing a very interesting side effect in Latin America. Uh, Chile, Peru, and now Colombia, they are all countries that have gone extreme left, uh, and they're all going wrong. Um, if you look at Colombia in the last few days, it's it's a disgrace, you know, what the president's been doing. Um, so. He's basically, you know, killing the 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 goose, the golden goose. I think it's all very connected. So what I'm trying to say is, uh, at some point, sooner rather than later, we're going to start seeing this push from mm. people who felt 
that they were hurt by COVID uh, and, and who were pushing for push to the left, uh, they, they're going to start realizing, and I'm not a hardcore radical right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually, I, I, I believe in, in, a, in, a, in a, an economic model, uh, which is okay, it's a little bit more capitalist than not, but, mm-hmm. but, but I think that it works. And, and I haven't seen yet a socialist model, not even the one in Europe with social democracies, um, where they were able not to have a crazy amount of debt uh, and manage the economy to a nice satis- satisfactory level of growth. Mm-hmm. So, so what I'm trying to say is we mm-hmm. have to be a little bit like the Chinese. You have to accept that capitalism does good things, and a lot of us want that those things. Yes. Uh, but of course, we have to be a little bit more understanding that there should be more social equality or social. We've gone full, we've gone full circle. Raphael Katzen, supporter of the, 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 the Chinese communist regime. Yes. The only, okay. So, so let me just finish now my, my, my full circle. I'm going to yes. add two little snippets yes. here. Yes. So, so what we're going to start seeing soon, uh-huh. which might take, may, might take three months, right? Okay. Uh, but we're, we're, we're still going to start to see the effects of the Fed hikes, uh, uh, on, on inflation, mm-hmm. uh, we will see some weakness in the states, but they can they can afford that, and then we'll start to bring the the whole global system into more equilibrium. Now, what we have to stop seeing uh, are finance ministers, for example, in Ghana, who come around one day and say, "Oops, I I didn't know that it was going to go this badly." In what way is it going to manifest itself this year? Well, you when you say a bit of a, when you say a bit of a crisis, a bit of an amount of a crisis, what do you mean? I th- I still think that we are going through a bad patch in terms of liquidity uh, in treasuries. I woke up one day and I saw the 10-year treasury with a yield 15 basis points higher the next day for, for no apparent reason, maybe just because somebody made a comment. And the next day, it dropped 15 basis points. The level of volatility is quite high. Uh, so I would argue that we probably, I would bet that we would probably have until the end of the year, a few scary days um, on both sides. Because mm-hmm. remember, there, there are a lot of people who are short too. Yeah. Uh, and as you smartly pointed out, there haven't been that many inflows. There have been mostly outflows this year from EM debt. Yeah. I'll Just be seven seven weeks of inflows. That that really stopped me in my tracks. I won't lie. Yeah. You know, it, and, and it shouldn't feel surprising, but it it's yet it managed to surprise me. A lot of the selling is coming from people who are long and have to sell. So I think you know we'll we'll start seeing something positive towards the first quarter of next year. Okay, maybe even earlier. Okay. Um, and one interesting country to be looking at, which Here we, go. We, we haven't been looking at with a very positive eye recently. Oh, you're joining us with a, cliff, a cliffhanger. Okay, Turkey. So do you think we could Turkey. we could maybe maybe we can pick pick up on Turkey next time we just. We could. They have elections next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Erd- Erdogan is going to have a tight fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will. It's yeah. We'll have to see. So next time we talk, we'll talk about Turkey. who Turkey and who won the Brazilian elections and how the markets reacts to that, and better, lots, of, lots of other things. But most importantly, um, Rafael, thank you for chatting to me. Get better soon. I hope you recover, or I hope your recovery continues to go well. It's been fun. 
and I'll talk to you very soon.